0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Leaders in Supply Chain podcast. I am your host, Radu Palamari, Managing Director of Elkut Global. And I'm delighted to have with us today Alexander Bobert, who is the Chief Supply Chain Officer of Signify. Signify, as many of you know, is a Dutch multinational lighting corporation. They are the global leaders in the manufacturing of electric lights, light fixtures, control systems for consumers, professionals, as well as for the Internet of Things. So, Alexander, pleasure to have you with us today. Thanks for making the time and
1: welcome. Hey, thanks. And uh, great to be with you, Radu. Delighted. I think that's the word uh, today. Delighted. And uh, thanks for the energy that you put on the supply chain function globally. I think you are a catalyst. So thanks for hosting this podcast
0: my pleasure so maybe first let's start with yourself and and how did you end up in in supply chain in the first place and perhaps what was one inflection point of your your career alexandra and, and let's start there
1: look i'm a engineer electrical engineer by by trade and then i i decided to do some space science so i'm a bit of a rocket scientist by my trade but i happened to have an opportunity to join a, a company uh, called schlumberger schlumberger it was a uh, complete luck if you want to know, it happened in London in an elevator, but the story stays in the elevator. But anyway, that started there and uh, and I got the opportunity to start in New York in a company uh, that I didn't know at that time it had nothing to do with space and far and far away, but it had to do with deep in the ground oil and gas. And I stayed there for 20 years, believe it or not, an amazing journey. Super international. And at that time, supply chain was in its uh, infancy, oil and gas, huge, uh, you know, margin investment asset type of industry. And they didn't need a super professional uh, supply chain in decades before. But then we started to create, um, as the the market and the condition, the industry started to commoditize. The pressure on cost, the pressure on cash, the pressure on velocity um, came in. And I participated to the building of a very strong supply chain for 20 years. We did everything from procurement centralization, sourcing, category management. I've been in the field in Scotland, in Angola, in Texas. Uh, So a fun career where I explored Every facet of uh, the supply chain from uh, very operational uh, down to earth, close to manufacturing, close to what we call the field, and then into central transformation. So uh, fascinating. I'm a science guy, so I love uh, science, data, analytics, and I think that's what uh, has driven me um, over the years uh, at Schlumberger. Uh, so that's the first twenty years, and uh, you ask about an inflection point. Back in twenty nineteen is when uh, basically I turned twenty years, and I'm, you know, when you are at the top, you are really thinking about uh, your purpose, of course, the values, and what drives you into the next chapter. And then uh, I also have kids; they start to grow, and they they start to ask questions. Hey, Dad, what's uh, what's your industry that you're in? What uh, what has to do with sustainability and so on? So, really, a thinking of my next move will be with a company that has at the heart of the DNA purpose related to sustainability. And that's where I ended up with Signify, which is a spin off of uh, Philips. It's about $8 billion uh, dollar company. And I'm heading the fun of the supply chain. That's about me uh, and the turning points, I do.
0: That's fascinating. And uh, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe to give you an interesting sharing, when I, when I graduated Schlumberger, so I graduated in 2008 and Schlumberger was one in my school in Romania, one of the top employers and they would actually, I was part of a student's organization and they would always sponsor it. And I thought that lifestyle of Schlumberger was the Best, like they would send you to. The, they also offered me an internship. They would send you to the most freakiest places in the world, like you said, in the, the far corners. And what an adventure it seemed. So I think um, it's
1: not for everyone. It's, not, and it's that's not. When you are young, you look for that. Yes.
0: I'll just press on, I'll double-click on one specific point because you're literally a rocket scientist. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you made, before Schlumberger, so I'll just dig a little bit deeper. So okay. we older in your history. And so when you made that decision, so you're electrical engineer, rocket scientist, satellites, you were into satellites, antennas. Yep. How did you actually end up doing supply chain? Like, you know, we, we wrote the book Source to Soul. It seems like it's you're one of the many exponents of, ending up in supply chain by chance somehow, not by, there was no such thing as a bachelor of supply chain, right? So it's a little bit on that.
1: No, no, no. Uh, So so spot on. Uh, I will not tell you what happened in that elevator in London, but I got the opportunity to join uh, Schlumberger in New York in the IT domain. So I entered into the, I would say, the digital IT space and very rapidly the CPO at the time, Found that I was pretty agile with number data. There was eProc. You may remember in 99 2000, that's where the era of the e-commerce uh, startup starts to boom. It's uh, Commerce One, Ariba. All of those companies start to emerge. And Schlumberger is electing to go with one of those partners. And you need uh, a bit of geeks and, and techies. And uh, I'm a very structured process guy. And he said, OK, now you're going to be my... Uh, you know, a process improvement and my uh, right-hand guy to do some spend analytics. And suddenly, yeah, I, I got into the ears and eyes of, of the CPO at that time, uh, which was the ex-CFO of the company. So a very well-positioned person. And that's where everything started. So really from the digital techie uh, space and then uh, into the real world of supply chain.
0: Love it. Love it. So moving to the next segment now on the business front you mentioned the sustainability angle we got a lot of questions from the audience on the sustainability front let's start with that so signify lighting in general is a key core part of whether it's buildings or, or whatever it might be which can link directly to sustainability and saving energy how are you thinking from a supply chain angle as the leader of the supply chain of signify around that and the sustainability angle of signify
1: yeah. Look, first of all, as when I joined, I thought the bulb, you know, is is a simple th- thing to manufacture to sell. But as a matter of fact, first of all, you have a huge number of revenue stream. It's uh, light is everywhere, from the the simple consumer bulbs that you and me buy. And we transition into LED and we buy that for a house. And I'm sure you do. But there's also a lot of other elements of, of revenue streams. Like, you know, we do, uh, we grow uh, agriculture. We are helping to grow uh, fish. We do uh, stadiums, cars. I mean, light is in, and we'll talk maybe about connectivity later on, but light is, it has an unbelievable number of facets and revenue stream even well-being now. So light is uh, is an element of comfort uh, for most of us and uh, is almost a treatment for some of us. So the magnitude of, you know, revenue streams is unbelievable. I could summarize it in in uh, just for simplicity perspective into three main channels. We have the consumer channel, so uh, typically direct to consumer or through uh, distributors. We have a OEM channel that is mainly for brands and still high volume. And we have what we call a professional channel, which is for installers, uh, big projects, the Real Madrid, uh, you know, stadium, the Stade de France, the uh, Atletico, Atletico Madrid. We do all of those big, 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 huge uh, events. And, you know, being a supply chain guy, you you have three different archetypes. Basically, you have MTS, high volume flow, you have MTO, make-to-order, a bit of customization, but, and you have a lot of ETOs, engineer-to-orders type of archetypes. So that's how I look at it. Each channel has a different characteristic, a different way to serve uh, the customers. And we need to be obviously ready for that. You don't need distribution centers for your MTO business. It goes straight from factories to customers. So that's how I think about it. What I do is I have actually three main supply chains serving those three channels. If it mm. makes sense, yeah.
0: From the angle of you applying sustainability in your supply chain and trying to, I mean, we have all all the companies have a lot of goals, some more aggressive than others. There's also, unfortunately, a lot of greenwashing going around. I I just (laughs) shared something Mm -hmm. on the anyways let's not name them i think i've yeah. done it damage but uh, on a chemicals I company, saw your poster, they're, yeah. they're recycling something but it turned out i don't necessarily think that it was their fault but it was their fault that they didn't track what is going on with the shoes and and to make sure that they recycled and not ending up in a in a secondary market somewhere so on that note in signify when you look at making your whole supply chains from the end-to-end perspective more sustainable what do you look at and what's your main focus
1: I have to say the company is carbon neutral since 2020 and it's not clean washing and so on. This has been a part of the of the purpose of the company for decades. We sell lighting to save energy to our customers, and we obviously applied that to us initially. We manufacture products in the most sustainable way possible, and we tackle all the elements of, of sustainability. I think the key is that we started a long time ago. It's not anymore something that is pushed down, you know, that you see where some boards are declaring an intent to be, but they have not put the mechanism to reach that ambition. Here at Signify, we, I have to say, I was really impressed. We live and breathe with sustainability in the manufacturing. There's lots of, you know, initiative. I could, I could list a, a few. Uh, Uh, which is obviously on the energy, uh, which is a big topic uh, recently on, uh, you know, reducing the reliance of any uh, natural gas or oil intensive uh, processes. Uh, Looking at uh, putting uh, solar panels on all of our factories. We're doing that also. We're looking at it for, for DCs. Uh, reducing waste we have a lot of uh, initiative on circularity and we have many plants that have reached the zero waste to landfill land uh, ambition we also look from a packaging uh, design perspective our engineering and uh, innovation teams you know f- they design for of course manufacturability uh, supply chain uh, ability but also sustainability so we launched a new packaging uh, out uh, last year which is a major step change. When you're a consumer, when you go to the shop and the product itself is carbon neutral and, and when you buy it, you have the feeling that you are doing an impact to the society, that's very, very important. So I've come across a couple of companies that wanted to know how we did it, where are we on, on that trajectory. And I can tell you the big difference is we live it. It's not just a declaration and targets. We passed that stage In our supply chain, we think container optimizations, air freight is is basically banned. We only look at ocean and road. We look at every other uh, possible alternatives to avoid uh, CO2 emissions. So we're not perfect yet, but we are on the track, which is impressive, I would say. Now, scope three is the biggest uh, challenge. Uh, Scope one and two are well on track. But Scope 3, we have an extremely strong uh, procurement organization that has all of the ratings as part of the supply selections, and we are recognized for, for that as well. But I think that's the biggest challenge ahead of us is now to tackle the Scope 3 by 2025.
0: Now on the topic of connectivity. Yes, and, yes. And I know that uh, Signify and I was... Uh, Yeah, shocked, positively shocked. (laughs) I'll share with the audience the video about the potential and the developments that Signify is working on to literally have internet via light. So you call it Li-Fi. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Look, I was amazed as well. Uh, I think we know Wi-Fi, hi-fi, high fidelity. But Li-Fi was a new concept that came up uh, just before the, the 2020, 2018 started to uh, uh, to make some noise. It's basically, Li5 is a high-speed, bidirectional wireless communication of data using the spectrum of light. And you can imagine that the bulb that you have at home or the bulb that you see in the street is a network is a node of a network that communicates and you have photons that are emitted by that lamp and and through semiconductor you know the LED technology and basically through the changing of the flow of that light you can uh, transmit data uh, with high speed and what are the advantages it's extremely secured extremely high speed and it has application in airlines in military in any mobility like bus or cars and you can think it it's very close to the iot concept so it's just a different wavelength and i know that uh, lateco air who makes uh, you know seats in uh, airlines have launched a pilot they had a, a i think paris toulouse they hosted uh, something like 50 gamers for high-speed uh, competition uh, i mean a competition in an airplane on games uh, with high peak con- uh, connectivity, and you can imagine the light on on top of your head in your uh, in the seat, is secured. It's a beam that is just for you, with high speed. And why airlines love it? It's because less cables, less weight. All is transmitted by light. So that's just the beginning. There's many more applications. I would be happy to share some further videos or things that are uh, starting to fly out there. But that's an amazing uh, opportunity. Can you imagine the light is a node of a network? So that's, um, you just change your light and you're on a new network. It's incredible.
0: I mean, I, I'll, I'll probably never think of a flashlight like a flashlight ever again. <laughs> so, so, being me, Scotty, takes on a whole new, <laughs> a whole new meaning all of a sudden.
1: But you know, there's many other things for for. Uh, there's a Euro Shop event just now on um, uh, going on, and uh, light is a big thing when you are uh, in the consumer business, in the brands, and um, light is also a way to. I visited the Innovation Center of SAP uh, not so long ago, and they are using our technology to actually monitor how you take a product out of the shelf, how long you keep it, which one you pick. So you have data being acquired by light when you are a consumer in a shop. Yeah, you, I see your eyes like... <laughs> <laughs> so the yeah. it's not like we're watching you, but the consumer behaviors on certain brands, products, and so on is, is monitored through the light. So that's also uh, something that is is being used extensively.
0: Well, that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So absolutely, we'll share, we'll share separately some videos because I'm sure that the audience will be curious. Now, bringing it back to the topic of supply chain in 2023, another year of uh, different problems and challenges and uh, for sure, sleepless nights in supply chain. I guess the common question that we got, what keeps you up at night, Alexander? What are some of the, main challenges that you foresee within signify and how you your network and your supply chains are organized and what you want to do for 2023
1: sure look we have one word for this year no surprise agility but we we have three types Uh, we have market agility decision agility and execution agility so market agility why because there's a lot of unknown ahead of us still it's been volatile in the last few years, it will remain. So we need to be ready to capture the growth on sustainability. You've seen maybe the trillion dollar program in the US, the trillion program in Europe. China is also going to move massively. So money is there. We have what it takes to grow, meaning we have the technology, we have the response to sustainability challenges that companies have. We are there. We have the the solutions. It's for us to uh, capture it. So first of all, there's a top-line customer-centric approach. We need to be agile to capture that growth. Then there is an element of decision agility. It means that there will be unknown. There will be things where we need to be sharper, faster. To decide in this chaotic environment, and that's not up for everyone. You have people hiding or people not having the guts or not having the the courage. You know, it's difficult sometimes when you face adversity to make the right call. So decision agility means decision faster and sharper. And then obviously after it's execution so execution agility means uh, bringing all of the teams to make it happen removing barriers reporting lines when there's a, a purpose to be to go after when the decision is taken you need to go and sometimes organizations are very slow to react so that's the theme that we are on i have to say i'm extremely proud of the how the team reacted in the last uh, you know two years it's been tough it's been burning uh, a lot of us in terms of uh, patience has tested us a lot and the way uh, a lot of the teams have reacted is amazing so you know the good news is that it's it's past the bad news is that it might continue <laughs> and uh, that's why the word agility is there we just had the the big strategic meetings at signify and it's the theme
0: and yeah, it's, it's going to continue for so, sure. And we we're there's, actually, there's an eight, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> great, great team. I guess I'll, I'll drill on a particular topic that I hear a lot of chief operations officers, CSEOs, CEOs coming, coming up more and more, which is geopolitics and how, let's say, the, the different spheres of influence are being reshaped. You talked also about the scope three. You talked about the, you, you all have uh, sourcing partners and, and tier one, two, three, and so on. How yeah. is that? impacting do you do you are you in a position where you have to reshape your your networks your providers how are you thinking from that geopolitical risk aversion angle
1: big time big time look you you are as weak as your weakest link so one supplier of your critical component can just kill your entire you know maybe top products or uh, so it was a realization before covid that we needed to be more resilient, have uh, more dual sourcing and so on. This has just accelerated. We have a program with our suppliers to, first of all, innovate. Then uh, we have a balanced view at the performance. We, we are increasing the dual sourcing, of course, but we want to also remain you know it's difficult. It's a it's a dual uh, messaging that you cannot invest in innovation, new technology, uh, spending efforts uh, with R and D with too many suppliers. So you need to have partnerships co-developed with some. And uh, it has tested a lot of relationships in the last uh, in the last two years. So I think you need to balance the risks. Most of those big suppliers they actually looking also at at being positioned not just in one area of the world, but also. Uh, have multiple platforms of development. So we are, of course, having in China, but we are having in Eastern Europe, in Mexico, Latin America. So we have the opportunity to rebalance our footprint and we're doing it. It will take some time. Let's not dream it. Agility doesn't come just by declaring we are agile. I think the whole game is lead time right now, is being faster, in uh, responding to customer needs so without losing cost of course in in, in mind yeah it's uh, there's a total cost being considered which is uh okay i source here I, i'm gaining agility less inventory but maybe it's going to be coming at a at a premium uh, a bit of a premium price but cost is still a huge focus from a total cost of ownership perspective
0: we've just recently concluded a well, a questionnaire with with about 200 executives and cost this year came up very much strongly on number one. Of
1: course, of course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not, not necessarily that it's it's ever been maybe number two, but, <laughs> but I mean, at least people would declare something else, uh, even if it was not necessarily real. But this, this year, it came very strongly. I don't know, it was 85% yeah. or 86% said that cost is by far the clear denominator of all the CEOs and boards. What are they looking at?
1: Yeah, look, uh, let's be fair, a lot of, and uh, I don't want to say abuse, but a lot of uh, inflation, you know, fat came into the system over the last two years, we just pass on cost plus uh, the whole chain. And we ended up with just eating too much of the and the consumer are not buying anymore. So the there's a, re- a reversing effect. Now, now we need to capture back what we lost. So everybody has to contribute yes absolutely
0: <laughs> now on the third on the third big bucket of our discussion which is uh, my preferred one actually it's on the soft skills human yes. uh, element side of, of supply chain first the question higher for skills or higher for attitude when do you do when is one preferred over the other or what's your thoughts
1: ah come on uh, mon ami this is like preferring your dad or your uh, your mother. Uh, <laughs> No, no, look, uh, les deux, mon capitaine, as we say, you need both. You need a bit both. You need, of course, skills. You need to continue professionalizing the the, the function, having expertise. But I think more and more, it's true that the leaders of tomorrow will need to demonstrate an improved Attitude, and I, I mentioned it a bit with that agility theme on decision agility, execution agility, being more dynamic in in the approach, being ready for the unexpected, being ready to take not a straight line, but to to be able to not from an integrity perspective, obviously you 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 follow the straight line from an integrity, but from a opportunistic perspective uh, for the company, if there are opportunities for inventory, for cost, for top line. Our supply chain experts will need to be not just the expert of the domain, but have the soft skills to decide and step up to the challenge, not to hide. We have too many people following the flow, you know, of the waves, and we go one way, the bullwhip, and we follow the bullwhip. We sense the bullwhip, and we're going in the bullwhip, but there's nobody actually stopping the waves or, or having... Enough courage to take hard decisions, and that, thats from an attitude perspective. What I think, uh, what is coming out. I'm going to list one uh, a firm, uh, recruiting firm, uh, Corn Ferry. I think you know Corn Ferry quite a bit. They have a leadership framework you may know. Uh, and one I my t- key takeaways is four traits of leadership that you need in the future. You need courage. You need listening. You need optimism. And these are some of the traits that you. You need for the future uh, of the leaders, yeah. So that's what I'm looking at now when we hire people. Mm. What about you, Madhu? Is that what do you see as uh, the new?
0: <laughs> Ultimately, from the position that we're in, which is a headhunting, uh, executive search firm, in complete fairness and honesty, it really depends on the client that we deal with. So I would okay. say that I'm I'm always I'm always of the perspective of. Giving options to people. So if a client, let's say that it's a more traditional industry and they tend to, they maybe think that they, the candidate needs to come from the same industry because they're so specific and their problems are so unique that nobody else understands, (laughs) which tends to be a, tends to be a common theme that all industries think that they're so specific that nobody else understands what they go through, which is completely not correct and accurate. But let's just bear with the example. So if the if the client is like that, more traditional in that particular sense of the, of the word, uh, we would always try to put slip in, in the example of candidates, maybe three that are following the same profile, but two that are not. Yeah. Just to, to weed out, look, why don't you also open up a, a little bit of perspective and see, take a look at Y and Z. They're not exactly what you think you need, but maybe they'll bring some, some perspectives that you didn't even know you needed. And some people are open for that, some people are not. So I, yeah. I would say that I uh, I don't know if we have a higher for skills or higher for, for attitude because we sit in the middle. We are the middle uh, person. We always try to help the ultimate client, which is the recruitment company, the, the company. Yeah, recruit.
1: true, Very true, yeah.
0: But we, we but try would, to give options.
1: But I would say you need that spark, you need that dare to attitude disrupting innovating you you need that spark uh, somewhere in the in the soft skills of the individual on top of the practice
0: absolutely and, yeah. at, and at the same time a quote that really really pisses me off uh, if I'm to be honest and it goes it circulates every two weeks on the internet is and I don't think he even said it but anyway it's attributed to Simon Sinek which is higher for attitude not for skills and, and I think that's swinging the other way too much because if you are looking for a pilot, Try hiring for attitude. <laughs> if you're going to go on a heart surgeon. I mean, I'm giving ex- extreme examples. Come on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not like skills are completely irrelevant. They are relevant. But of course, somebody with good skills and incredibly good attitude will beat somebody with excellent skills and toxic attitude any day of the
1: week. That Exactly. That's why your question was Uh to. <laughs>
0: I remember the mother and the father. Right, That was a good analogy. <laughs> um, now, on the topic of supply chain organizations of the future and i don't like to talk a lot about the future because actually in in fairness nobody knows we can always uh, claim that we have a crystal ball but we don't however there's there's a mckinsey that they, they put out the future supply chain organization where they had the chief decision maker and the chief automation uh, officer and so on there's a lot of Artificial intelligence, machine—well, let's call it machine learning because that's what it is for now. It's not really artificial intelligence. But how do you see this future org? Do you see some some wacky type of combination of of roles coming up that are perhaps not in the typical plan, make, source, deliver framework that we most organizations have?
1: Yeah. So that look—that's a broad question. But what you see in manufacturing already is. Uh... Uh, you know, we thought automation would replace completely uh, human being. It's it's not the reality. You have a, a cobot, so collaborative bots that are helping you to do your tasks uh, faster and and better. But the bot has not replaced the human. So it's a bit the same with. Uh, if I take the analogy on 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 planning, on demand planning, uh, we have AI, we have science, we have uh, some machine learning that are looking at. Uh, you know, trends, social media, what's gonna come, what the the consumer is likely to buy, and so on. At the end of the day, you need to translate that into SKU, into a plan, uh, which is uh, which 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 type of uh, shoes. Or I mean, if I take the the Nike, Adidas example, but for lamps, it's the same. So. It has limits. There's huge computing power, for sure, analytical power. But at the end, when you need to translate that into a machine that will drive production, you still need a very strong demand planner to do a bit of collaborative analytics. So the machine, the AI will give you a direction. And then you need to have the business acumen, the sense to translate that into a, a part. So I, I still believe that we will be helped by AI and machine learning, but it's not going to replace completely, obviously, a human being. I still need very strong uh, demand planners
0: today. Final question. Um, yes, me. For your, uh, and, and I know you have a 19-year-old uh, son. Yes, uh, good one. Which will soon uh, go into the workforce, right? So... Or what is already your advice for him as well as for many other young professionals that are stepping in their career what has helped you the most in your career alexander
1: first of all you will laugh he has started space science uh, studies and
0: <laughs> <laughs> let, let me guess he was in an elevator in london with somebody
1: <laughs> no, but i think this one is gonna go until the end and he's gonna uh, end up in Houston, but for the right reasons, is going to go to the space industry. That's for sure. that, that That's for the first one. But look, my my advice is, and I give him give it to him uh, uh, all the time. First of all, is to have a, a high ambition in life. Always look for what is potentially impossible. But it's like uh, you know, in uh, in in um, archery, you need to throw your arch high. You need to aim high. Then you need rigor meaning discipline in the execution to reach your goal. And then the foundation is your confidence, is what you build in the success of a time. So I would say ambition, rigor, and confidence, building confidence, self-confidence in yourself and the trust that you can gain from uh, others would be my advice that I give to young talents that are sometimes not sure about themselves and what they are worth. But sometimes it's very good to give them that analogy. And uh, if he's listening to this podcast, he will um, remember <laughs> that I've, I've done that drawing to him. Uh, ambition, vigor, and confidence.
0: <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure that we will
1: see him... In, in supply chain, no, this, maybe not. In
0: the space industry, no, in the space in yes. the <laughs> industry. But let, let me just... Okay, let me... I'll, I'll cheat for a second. I said it's the last question, but I'll make a... How about supply chain? Not your son this time. But how about... Would you... Tell somebody that graduates now, going to supply chain is a great career. And why would you say it's a great career? So I'm completely framing you in the direction that I want. <laughs> I'm biased, as you can tell, but I'm assuming that you're also biased. So <laughs> bear
1: with me. No, look, of course, I I love this function. I discovered it. It's it's fun. It's the heart of a of a company. If you take the analogy of a body, uh, supply chain is the heart of the body. And what goes into the body is supply chain stuff. So uh, you you sense the pulse of a company. If a company is doing well on top line, on revenue, on cash, on cost, it's because the supply chain is working well. So being the heart of a company, I tell you, is not up for everyone, but it's rewarding, like an amazing heart uh, working in, in your body. So, And the body can run and we're, some companies are athletes uh, some are going slowly or do not have a good hygiene but I can tell you it's a, an amazing journey to be in, in that function.
0: Love it super well on that note Alexander thanks a lot for the time for uh, for the great examples sharing and case studies um, I'll share separately as I promised with the audience on LiFi and keep making a dent at, uh, at Signify
1: Sounds good thanks uh, Radu for being a catalyst of the function thanks a lot You soon. Thank you
0: for listening to our podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to go to www.elcottglobal.com and click the podcast button for all the show notes of the interview. Also, subscribe to our mailing list to get our latest updates first. If you're listening through a streaming platform like iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, we would appreciate a kind review. Five star works best to keep us going and our production team happy. And of course, share it with your friends. I'm most active on LinkedIn, so do feel free to follow me. And if you have any suggestions on what what to do and who to invite next, don't hesitate to drop me a note. And if you're looking to hire top executives in supply chain or transform your business, of course, contact us as well to find out how we can help.